0: Welcome to the Restructure Podcast. This is your host, Little Jerry. Thank you so much for joining episode two of season two. And uh, for all those that have jumped back in after the gap between the two seasons, I really appreciate you joining us. Today, I want to revisit the reason for this podcast. Uh, First off, the first reason is I really believe the Lord had guided me in doing this. I am nothing special. Um, In fact, there are others with better uh, mic presence and those that have their thoughts together a lot clearer than I do. But we don't do things because we're good at them, at least I hope not. We do them uh, because the Lord guides us to, and so far the Lord's guided and allowed this much. Um, I'm thankful for my heritage. I'm thankful for my growing up. I'm thankful for uh, the way my parents raised me. I grew up in a an, an independent Baptist home. By the definition of it, an independent Baptist is someone who lines up with the Baptist distinctives. They've joined a, uh, not a denomination, but a thought. A thought of the autonomy of the local church baptism by immersion, uh, priesthood of the believer, Uh, we could go through the Baptist acrostic of the distinctives, and I don't think that's really necessary um, because I don't think acrostics can really tell the whole story. But really to be a Baptist is, in this day and age, a denomination. But the way I grew up, it was independent Baptist. It just was a way of identifying us, A way of identifying by saying, I believe uh, by what the Baptists say that the local church should not be run by a hierarchy system. The individual believer does not need to go to a priest. I believe in baptism by immersion means fully under the water, but it is just out of obedience after salvation and not for it. Um, there are some things that make Baptists different. And I want to be careful not to just throw those things out. There are those that um, were Christians while Martin Luther was nailing the 95 Thesis to the church door. And everyone says that that modern Christianity all stemmed from the Great Reformation um, that took place. And I do believe that there are some good things that came from the Reformation. It's obviously really good to pull out of heresy uh, and and into truth of Scripture. And I want to say and be very careful to, to say that that is a good thing. But in the same token, through history, there were those that believed and lined up with the Word of God, aside from the Catholic Church. And where Baptists get their stem or their, uh, not their stem, but their roots, where they stem from, goes back to those days. Um, it actually goes back to all different groups. And I'm not, I do not believe, I want to stop right here and say, I do not believe in landmarkism or Baptist brighterism, and we can talk about that later. It sounds a lot like it for those that are not Baptist. Um, I'm just saying that it's not bad to... Line up uh, with the Baptists; it's not a bad thing. But to be an independent Baptist was to say that we are autonomous, which is a Baptist distinctive. It's almost like um, redundant. But when the Southern Baptist Convention uh, started to stretch its arms, and all, I mean, we could sit here and talk about history. You, you honestly have enough resources uh, to go on YouTube. To go on wherever and find out the history of the modern Baptists. Uh, there are those today that are running from the name Independent Fundamental Baptist, been shortened to IFB. And the IFB movement is something, to be honest with you, that you should steer clear of. Uh, those that have abused what it means to be an independent, fundamental Baptist, to make that as a name or a title has become awfully dangerous, and so many have done that. Uh, It's just a description. But number one, those things all fall under Christian. It falls under Christ. Those things at the end of the day, and you could be mad at me, or you could be happy with what I'm going to say, but those things... I don't know that I'm at the place where I'm going to die for them. I, I appreciate my heritage. I appreciate the Baptist distinctives. I appreciate the independence. I appreciate fundamental, the literal approach to scripture. I do. I, I wholeheartedly appreciate it. But I'm not going to die for a movement. Maybe I should clarify it that way. And uh, recently, the Lord has, has uh, dealt with me. In a very specific way, and I'd like to share that with you. And if for those of the, you that notice the title of this, this is part one, uh, because I'm gonna cut down the time a little bit for each of these parts, uh, makes it a little bit easier to listen to. And honestly, there's not, I don't know that there's a lot of depth. I just wanna share this with you uh, from my heart. And maybe this would be a blessing. Maybe you would say, I disagree with you. Uh, Maybe you would say, you have been where I am and you're not there anymore, or maybe you're headed in the same direction. uh, And hopefully we would all say that we're growing closer to Christ. Uh, Romans 9, talking about the vessels, it it just goes to make me think and ponder that the Lord works in different people's lives in different ways. What I'm not negating is that the Lord is not a respecter of persons. What I'm not negating is that He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. But I do know that because of who we are, God deals with us in different ways. He doesn't make us all millionaires, okay? Uh, He doesn't make us all have enormous churches that we are pastoring. He doesn't give us enormous public ministries. Uh, He doesn't Put us in all the same position. We're different people. We don't have the same sense of humor. There are those that have listened to this podcast and turned it off and unsubscribed, and they just because they don't like uh, my humor and they don't like who I am. That's fine. Like the, the I don't mean who I am, but you know my um, personality, and that's fine. They don't like the way we cut up. That that's totally okay. Um, but then there are those that you're on board with me. And for example, uh, there's many churches we we go to that we've been to in the past uh, 14 years. And it's really funny because most churches we go to, I will get up and speak. And sometimes the pastor has a look on his face like, what is he doing? I don't understand anything that's coming out of his mouth. That's not because I'm smart. That's because they're smarter than me. And I will be—I will proudly say that, or not proudly, pride's an abomination, but anyway, I will gladly say that. But then there's, most of the time, there's a guy that comes up and he'll come up to me and I see the look in his face after the service and he'll say, you know what? These people don't get you. They don't respond to you. That's fine. But I was with you every step of the way. And normally it's the ones that are out there a little bit. Uh, They're the ones that are a little bit crazy and they're fun uh, in different ways. You know, I'll put it that way, but I get them and they get me. And some pastors, we're on the same page and the people have no idea what's going on. And it's just, a lot of that is our fallacy that we need to grow out of. A lot of that is our childish uh, ways in Christianity that we need to grow out of. But I want to share with you where I am on my journey. And I want to start that with what philosophy I had when I first became a Christian. And I don't mean in the mind a Christian, I mean in the heart. In the mind, I was a Christian a long time ago. In the mind, I was a Christian when I was four years old. And I rededicated it six, at nine, at 13. And at 15. But all of those were in my mind, in my intellect. But it wasn't until I became a Christian in my heart and I was 20 years old. And when I first got saved, it doesn't make a difference where I went to college. It doesn't make a difference because it wasn't on them. It wasn't on any preacher. It wasn't their fault. It was a misconception, a misconstrued, it was a mistake in my philosophy, in my way of thinking, and I want to share that with you. But I want to do that with playing a song for you. This is not an independent Baptist-approved song that you will get approved at most Bible colleges. But what this is, is a song that is sung at most Bible colleges, and this mindset that goes with it. So, I want to play this song for you, and I want you to listen to all the words (laughs) i <laughs> Will you be the one? Many youth conferences and missions conferences and special meetings have had that title. Will you be the one? When I first became a Christian, that question rang out in my ears. The question of, will I be that one? When I watch, and if you look this up, that was the man who first sang that song. From everything that I can find, he's the one that wrote the song. Uh, Somewhere along the lines, an independent Baptist who didn't like the 80s music or the 80s hair uh, changed and toned it down and really brought out the message. When you look up the video, it's fantastic. I mean, to be honest with you, it is a wonderful video. It pulls at your heart. Uh, There's one scene where it shows a a teenage boy looking out the window and seeing his parents fight. And what implies a horrible situation, that he's seeing his parents part ways. And in that context, the song is saying, will you be the one not to follow in that cycle? Will you be the one to not go downstream with the rest of the salmon when everything is going against you? Will you have enough about you to go the other way? Will you have enough about you to, in a world of hate, in a world where everyone is fighting, will show love? And I will not I will not tear that apart, but somewhere along the lines, that message of this song was taken, and I don't want to say it was perverted, but it was just tweaked a little bit. It was tweaked to be instead of being a light in a very dark and terrible world, and the only way that your light is to walk with Christ and to Let your flesh be crucified. The only way to be a light is to do so. And in a world where, man, everything is so awful, where the political dividing lines, even though it doesn't talk about that, uh, the the next verse you see on the video, it shows um, a soldier that is folding up a flag and it is very heart-wrenching. Will you be the one? And then the very last chorus where it says, I will be the one. I will make a difference. Be different than those around me. And I think that's a powerful truth. You can be upset with me. You can, whatever. It doesn't matter. But if we were to look at this in what it became in my life, and maybe if I personalize this, you can just say, well, you misunderstood it. And that's fine. But I know, and I would love to say that I'm the only one that misunderstood it. I'm the only one that took the tweaked message of, will you be the one? I would love to say that, but I know it's not true. Will I be the one? When I heard that song sung, I think it was at a missions conference. And it was people need the Lord, and it was very emotional. And I know there's a time. God has made our emotions. God has made us very emotional, uh, fervent a passionate beings. And it's a, it's a beautiful thing when it's not messed up. But if I could say it this way, I misunderstood the message of the song. And I honestly, I didn't even know the message. I thought the song was just written wrong and I didn't know the message until I looked up the video just a little while ago. And I watched the video and you could see what it meant. And I'm not going to say I agree or disagree. I'm just going to say it is a powerful song. But taken, misunderstood, it doesn't look like a teenager watching his parents separate. It doesn't look like a world that falls apart and someone is just trying to stand on rocky ground and not the sand. It doesn't look like someone who's trying just not to drown and he looks up at the Lord and he says, Lord, save me. He, he doesn't, it doesn't look like that. You know what it looks like? It looks like an empowered young preacher or preacherette, an empowered young person that hears this truth and they say, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. I can do so much. I can do everything that needs done. I can be the next D.L. Moody. I could be the next Billy Sunday. I could be the next Charles Spurgeon. I could be the next fill in the blank. And my whole groundwork for the ministry, if you want to call it that, my whole groundwork for where I'm at today, 15 years ago, I guess it's been longer, 17, 18 years ago when I first became a Christian, the groundwork was... Who will be the next D.L. Moody? Who will be that next one to grab North America by the horns? Who will be the next one that can do something great? And one by one, we all stood at invitation. When the preacher asked, will you be the one? And we'd say, yes. And the preacher would say, Would you slip up your hand if the Lord has spoken to you today about being the next one? And so we all slipped our hands up. And that day we surrendered to be the one. I believed at that moment that I could be what this world needed. At that moment, as a young Christian, as a Christian that was very misguided, I had this philosophy about me that I can do whatever needs done. I could be a great gift to the Lord.